1: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It
2: is Monday, September the 9th, 2019, which means it's our first recap of week one of the fantasy football season. We'll also have a preview of tonight's Monday night football games. Joe Pizapia and Craig Mish, Fantasy Sports Today starts
0: next. Fantasy Sports Today. And welcome
2: in. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Happy Monday to everyone out there. Joe Pizzoppia, Craig Mish, as we get ready for the next two hours to take a look back and a look forward as to what we can expect tonight and, of course, what we expected over the weekend. Welcome in. It is Craig and Joe with you guys. Sean Glastamaki is producing the show. And uh, kind of a wild first Sunday for reality, for fantasy, and we're going to dive right into it. Good Joe, good afternoon. Hope you had a nice weekend. I caught some of the broadcast. Sports Grid over on Zumo TV, really cool app. Saw you there, dressed all nice. Mike Blewett, dressed all nice, and looks like it was a fun weekend to be in New Jersey at the Meadowlands.
3: It absolutely was, man. It's a great spot over there, right uh, by the FanDuel Sportsbook. And uh, yeah, it was just, it was exciting. You could feel it in the air, the excitement, especially around the Meadowlands. And of course, at the end, the same old Jets showed up uh, at the end of that game. But uh, look, I, I think there was a lot to take away from week one. Sometimes, week one, you want to overrate some things, but I got to say, from an entertainment standpoint, I don't know if I remember a week one that I enjoyed this much between the Lamar Jackson performance, between the obviously the the Patriots in the evening game, because I am a smug, awful Patriots fan. Uh, But really also, you know, seeing the beginning of some really new, fresh careers in the NFL get off to a very good start. It was a terrific, entertaining week one, and I can't wait for next week already. Yeah, and,
2: and we'll be there really uh, tonight. We got two games for those of you who are still playing and still have some games in the balance. Certainly tonight, Houston will take on New Orleans. And of course, the Raiders will be at home and they will take on the Denver Broncos as uh, now the Broncos have moved to a favorite in that game. I'm sure that Sean will be talking about that and is at the window show coming up at four o'clock Eastern today on the Fantasy Sports Network. But I, I think that there were a couple of places that we can kind of start here. And, and really, the, the I think the main place to start without a doubt before we get to some of these great receivers who broke out, and we'll talk about that also. We're going to have to make some key decisions later in the week, and we have Tuesday and Wednesday to get that sorted out. But, Joe, the quarterbacks yesterday went absolutely wild, and you can see why a lot of those players had very high yardage totals in their props to begin the season because Lamar Jackson and Dalton and Mahomes and Prescott, I mean, the best of them all, Case Keenum, Stafford, Rivers, even Brady on Sunday night, all had monster games, and so for those people who have those leagues where you get six points for a passing touchdown, forget about it. You should have done real well, and even if you had four without losing points for interceptions, really, I mean, almost half the league had monster fantasy performances, and so I think that's kind
3: of where I want to start today. The quarterbacks were just really awesome in a lot of spots. It's a quarterback league. It's been a quarterback league for a decade. It's going to continue to be a quarterback league, and look, Lamar Jackson... I know a lot of people are saying it's, well, the Dolphins are that bad. And they are that bad. That's true. But I loved his comment after the game. Not bad for a running back, huh? I thought that was tremendous. And uh, Jackson, with his five touchdowns, I think showed everybody that, hey, I- I'm I'm still a work in progress. I can still get better. And I kept saying that all offseason. And that was a very, very big proponent. I'm the guy that writes up the quarterback profiles in the black book about if you love Josh Allen this year, you should love Lamar Jackson equally, if not more. This whole notion that he can't improve as a passer ever is just silly. He just hasn't played enough for us to see. And I understand at the end of the year in the playoffs, he kind of left on a sour note, but you know, you got to kind of shake that off, but you're right. Some of these other veteran quarterbacks like Dalton, like Stafford, it's, it's also, I think a little bit of that whole it's week one defenses are still trying to, you know, get their rhythm offenses. Sometimes are a little bit ahead in certain spots and uh, I think when you look at it, the fact that there are some of these guys who are veterans really showed, and especially Prescott, too, I think that was very important. This was a stamp, and obviously Jerry Jones was quite happy about this because Jones was sitting in that box watching Ezekiel Elliott on the field and Dak Prescott throwing 400 yards and Jason Witten catching touchdowns. I mean, that's how easy of a game it was for the Cowboys over the Giants in this one, but uh, Case Kingdom's the one I didn't see coming, Craig.
2: Yeah, and, and I think that what this does, at least for from a Week 1 standpoint, is, is it stamps home the idea especially in a super flex league that people are playing. In. And I know that's become a more popular format where people have used two quarterbacks. I'm involved in one and I ended up with the worst two quarterbacks possible because I undervalued it. And it just shows you that for those people in the future, when you're playing in super flex leagues, you you better get make sure you get your two quarterbacks in that league because trying to just sub in anyone else as a flex with the way that these monster games are happening is just incredible. And a great example of that is uh, is Andy Dalton, who really nobody had as a top five fantasy guy going into the season. not not even a top 15 fantasy guy. And he ended up grading out at least in week one against a pretty good Seattle team. And then you're right. Case Keenum, three hundred and eighty yards. And boy, I mean, the last guy I expected to do it. In fact, in, in the league that I do have the super flex, I have Keenum. So it was like a shock to me that this would happen, and I, I wish I could sell as fast as I could on this guy, but who, who would ever buy him? But yeah, its all it has been all about the quarterbacks for sure in week one. I didn't even mention some names of guys who also shined, who didn't have quite the games that these guys did, but really an amazing start. For those of you who drafted any of those guys and waited even on quarterbacks, Prescott,
4: Dalton, River, right. Stafford. Well, that's in the, in the thing in the
2: single
3: quarterback league. This shows you why you wait. Uh, if you're not going to get Mahomes, who's the top of this class, I still say he's the top of the class. I'm going to always hold true to that. If you're not going to get that advantage, then you should wait because all these other guys were very good, and I'll do you one better in the superflex. You should have three. You should have Stafford or or uh, Andy Dalton on your bench if you could have done that. That's the way to approach it because you want to make sure you're also weakening the pool for everybody else and covering all your buys.
2: Yeah. Eli Manning and, and uh, Keenum are my guys and, and survived that. This was unbelievable that I could be yeah. in, a, in a league like that. Never thought that. It was just very lucky. All, that's all it is. Um, and it also, in terms of Lamar Jackson, um, look, I mean, my favorite guy going into the year uh, for sure. Yep. But but this is not me saying that this is going to happen all year long, all year long. In fact, I, I would expect a very, very swift return. To more or less what we saw last year, Joe. I can speak to the Dolphins. This is one of the worst teams we've seen a long time in the NFL. It's not going to happen every week. I think your Patriots will take advantage of that next week. But, but, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, come, on, come on. I mean I mean Lamar Jackson would be as much as I like Lamar Jackson, he would be lucky to throw five touchdown passes combined over the next two weeks. I mean that that was as ugly a performance from an NFL team that I have seen in a really long time. So yeah, I'm not I'm not going to I'm not gonna jump up and down about Lamar Jackson, who I think is a league winner but only a league winner when he's running and he didn't run at all yesterday. So we'll have to see um, how that plays out. Um, Okay. So uh, real quick to the injuries, Joe, Uh, I I mean, the ones that I see that seem to have the biggest impact, of course, is Tyreek Hills injury that I want to speak about right here at the top. And then also Nick Foles, who looks like he's going to be out for at least a month with the Jacksonville Jaguars. But Gardner Minshew actually played pretty good. Minshew was a nothing in college, by the way. I I can't even believe he played well in the NFL. Shocking. I I would have thought he would have put a Peterman up when he came
3: in. Uh, But Hill and and Foles. Anyone else uh, did I miss here with key injuries yesterday? Oh, no, those are the biggest ones. And the falls injury could really just kind of sink the Jaguars already. I don't like to overreact to week one losses. But to me, this was a this was a bad one for the Jaguars at home and miles jacket and thrown out of this game. There was a lot of negative there. And the quarterback going down on top of it. I don't know. They might be done before they start, which is I wasn't high on them to begin with. I thought this was a good opportunity for them against a weak Chiefs defense to put some points on the board. And the Chiefs defense still gave up 20 plus points to that offense without Foles. So uh, for me, man, it's it's a bad start for the Jaguars. And I don't know if it's going to get better anytime soon.
2: Yeah, it's it's. I mean, Minshew was very effective in college, but he was never a star. He was very popular because of his mustache. But in general, <laughs> in general, he was not. I mean, look, they didn't score a lot of points when he was quarterback in college. So I'm, uh, I'm a little bit concerned there, of course, for Jacksonville. And, you know, that was a very disappointing game, by the way. I, I thought that the line looked really screwy. I thought Jacksonville would pull that out. But unfortunately, they did not. And Kansas City was the right side there. All right. What we'll do is we'll take a quick time out. Here on Fantasy Sports today, when we come back next, we'll hit the opening drive, then we'll run through some of the reactions from the games yesterday. We'll also preview Monday Night Football. You're listening to Joe Pisapia and Craig Mish here on Fantasy Sports today. We'll be back after this.
6: I continue to take andro and I've maintained my weight at 172 gained muscle and energy. I'm 63 now and feel better than I have in 30 years. Andro 400, the natural way to increase testosterone, lose belly fat, gain energy, and feel great. Try Andro 400, the safe, effective, affordable way to boost your testosterone. Go to andro400.com or call 888-400-0435, 888-400-0435. Were you scammed into signing a timeshare contract, and did you miss the part that said you have to pay for your great idea, not only for the rest of your life, but when you're not here anymore, you get to pass this turkey onto your family for them to pay for the rest of their lives. Thanks, Dad. Don't burden your family down the road and don't be stuck with expensive timeshare payments forever. Get out of your bad idea timeshare contract guaranteed or pay nothing. Call Resort Release today and learn for free how their timeshare exit team can help you legally exit your timeshare contract. They've helped thousands of people and they're A-plus rated with a BBB. So if you feel scammed, get mad, and get out of your expensive timeshare contract right now, guaranteed. Call NOW.
7: 800-804-7060. 800-804-7060. 800-804-7060. That's 800-804-7060. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back
5: taxes?
4: and he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide open tailback. I call it
0: Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizapia. Fantasy Sports Today presents First play from scrimmage. The opening drive. The
6: first play of the game. From the opening.
2: And welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia on the opening drive here on this Monday. Our first Fantasy Football Monday on the opening drive. And the last time we'll have two Monday Night Football games to preview. Because, of course, there are two games tonight. So some fantasy games are holding in the balance. Of course, some DFS contests are probably holding in the balance as well. We'll get to that a little bit later in the show. All right. So we start off with the opening drive. And the best way to start, of course, is who we just talked about in the previous segment. But it needs to be said again. Lamar Jackson was the most dominant player on the field in reality in fantasy yesterday. No question about it. Five touchdown passes and this game was over before it started. Of course, the reason why predominantly I got to believe, Joe, is because the Dolphins look like absolute fade material at this point. One of the few things that I saw yesterday that I think is not necessarily an overreaction. uh, I, I just think that the Dolphins have put a roster together. That looks like a team that may only win one or two games all season long. I'm, Joe, I'm never going to say a team's not going to win a game, because they're going to get lucky. They're going to beat someone. A, a player is going to get hurt. It, it happens. And, uh, you know, the Lions and Buccaneers, the only two teams in history not to do that. But the Dolphins could absolutely only win one or two games this year.
3: Yeah, I think it's probable. Uh, so if you're in the survivor pool, just be real careful and pretty much just take whoever the Dolphins are playing, I think, for the next couple of weeks and just outlast everybody else. Don't get fancy. But, you, you know, you made that comment in the last segment about, I don't know if Lamar Jackson can throw for five touchdowns over the next couple weeks, uh, but they got the Cardinals next week and that's at home. I think he can throw on that defense without Patrick Peterson. I think he can throw on the Chiefs defense. I think anybody can. So I'm cautiously optimistic there. The Browns certainly have a long way to go after what we just saw. The Steelers certainly. I know all this man coverage. they want to play against the Patriots last night after. Uh, years and years of playing that soft zone where Tom Brady picked them apart. Well, it turns out they can't play man either. And then they have the Bengals. So I don't know. You might want to rethink that if that's a board bet. But you're right. Jackson is a great talent. You've been on him. I've been on him. It was a great effort for him. And if, if anything else, it's a confidence builder. So I hope what they do is they say, hey, look, it was against the Dolphins. They're not a good football team. But this is what we're capable of. Now, let's go out there and let's prove it everybody else that this wasn't a fluke and we can do it against more than just the bad teams so i think that's what you take out of this and any confidence builder for a young quarterback i think is a great positive so uh for me even though there was some you know a little bit of uh uh, luster off of the uh the shine here for lamar jackson because it was against the dolphins i think there's still a lot of positives to take out going forward that hopefully he'll build on this regardless.
2: Yeah, no, I think he'll be great. I just, again, you're you're talking about historically one of the worst teams we've seen the last 10 years. Oh, they're awful. I can't can't sit here and say that. In fact, um, I think Arizona will play much, much better against Baltimore than Miami did. I mean, Miami is is so far a step below the worst teams in the NFL that it is just not close. And so... um, you know, I, do I, I? I wish I would have drafted Jackson everywhere. Yes, that's my overreaction, and I did not, and I was silly. I, there was another draft that I did that I easily could have done it, um, and didn't do it, and now I feel like I should have. But at the same time, I'm not going to overreact to one game. I just, I just, I will, I will overreact to the Dolphins being bad. But uh, Lamar Jackson, I don't believe, is throwing forty touchdown passes this year. Um, okay, second down. The best fantasy player on the ground or in the air was a guy that thankfully for people who took with their first or second overall pick in fantasy oh my gosh Christian McCaffrey 128 yards rushing and a touchdown and 10 more receptions for 81 yards I mean this guy I mean should have been probably should have been the first overall pick in fantasy I can understand how people you know wanted Barkley for sure And, and look Barkley probably will end up grading out just as high or better but McCaffrey is an absolute monster. This is like, Joe, this is like Marshall Falk territory, what McCaffrey's doing.
3: And unless I see something different, this is, he's going to put up these kind of games every week. It's absolutely incredible. He is an absolute stud in the Black Book. We had him uh, in terms of RPV. He was just like a percentage point behind Barkley. So really you know, he was right there, neck and neck with them in terms of grading out. And that's why RPV is useful because it's not just about rankings. It's about understanding, Hey, if you have the third overall pick and McCaffrey falls to you, that doesn't mean all of a sudden, like there was a big drop-off you had potentially, like you're saying, even a better investment. Now the Rams, I still say defensively every now and then they, you know, they have great games and then they have not so great games. And for CMC, look, this is what the offense is. And as long as cam newton can at least just stay there and and not ruin i just don't want cam newton to ruin this like i don't want sour cam newton if they keep tacking up losses or he starts pouting i just don't want him to ruin christian mccaffrey's good favor in fantasy that's the only thing that can ruin him i don't know if anything else can man he's an absolute monster you're right
2: no he won't and again uh pay no attention to what anyone says in the preseason doesn't matter doesn't make a difference this is their guy, and anybody who took him first or second overall, you did the right thing. He's gonna. This is who he's gonna be all season long. Now, ten catches, I can't see that again. But who knows? The guy is. Uh, he's more. He's like Marshall Falk was in fantasy. He's a must start every week. And arguably, when you look up and you're playing against him, it is a nightmare. Uh, third down, the Tennessee Titans shocked the Browns, forty three points. Henry two touchdowns. A.J. Brown, who no one saw coming, three catches for a hundred yards. I may want to circle this one, Joe. This may be the biggest
3: overreaction, I think, to the weekend. What do you think? It might be, but I think this is one where I got to say, when I was doing a lot of you know, research for the games and stuff this week uh, and for the weekend shows, you know, the Cleveland Browns did not play well against the run last year in terms of defense. And there I thought there was real opportunity for Henry. We're all concerned about the quarterback play. But what I've been kind of harping on for the last month and a half is the hype train and expectations of the Cleveland Browns are very high. It's one thing to be the darling who comes out of nowhere. And you and I both know it's another thing to play with expectations and factor in the giant egos on top of that. They have a ton of work to do on both sides of the football. And I'm and it also goes back to the other thing, which is Tennessee is a really good defensive team. And last year, they were a really good defensive team. They were an awful offensive team. And then in the second half, they realized, hey, we should give Derrick Henry the ball 25 times a game. And things started to pep up a little bit. But at the same time. I think that people should recognize that Tennessee is not going to be an easy out every week. They weren't last year because of that defense and Vrabel going to have them ready to play. So will the Browns get better? Probably. But this was a check and maybe a check that they needed. But this was a serious check in my thing because I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking to myself, all right, Baker Mayfield. Now everyone's run their mind about how good you're going to be. Now you just lost at home against a Titans team that you should theoretically beat. This was a bad look. We'll see how they respond. That's what's important, and they've got the extra day too because it's a Monday night game against the Jets next week. A team that also just lost at home, so somebody's going to be zero two after that.
2: Yeah, the Browns will be fine. I, I think it's a big overreaction. They just they didn't show up for Week One. Tennessee's not going to be good. It's just I, 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 these are the kind of things that you got to really look last for. Year? They're going down. They're, they're not good. Um, <laughs> you'll see. Fourth down. Uh, okay, so yes, one, but they might be good. No. Lions and Cardinals uh, yesterday. okay. so here's what we do with this fourth down. Was this an embarrassing loss for or tie for Detroit or a good comeback for Arizona? I feel like it was embarrassing, honestly, for Detroit. Maybe you feel like it was a good comeback for Arizona. I don't know. What do you think?
1: Uh,
3: Can I say 60-40? Like, I think it was 60 percent embarrassing for Detroit, but 40 percent good for Arizona because isn't that what you want? Like, you want to put the young quarterback in a spot where you're proud that he didn't fold up the tents. I mean, I think you take that away. I think you can certainly take away a positive there. If you're Arizona, it's nice to see Larry Fitzgerald being Larry Fitzgerald again. I think that was a very positive thing. Nice to see uh, DJ get better too as the game went on. But yeah, if you're the Lions, I think there's going to be a lot of embarrassing losses. And what what <laughs> what have we been doing for the last 20 years except having embarrassing losses if we're the Detroit Lions? That's my problem. Uh, there were some positives on that end too. Hawkinson certainly a positive there. Um, but, yeah, man, it's, I hate ties. I don't know about you, Craig. There's nothing I, I wanted Detroit ties. to
2: win. I wanted them to win so badly so I could fade them this week. And, and now there's no overreaction to the Lions because of them That's falling right. apart. And you now, said
3: that. You said this was going to be the game. Somebody's going really to win.
2: I <laughs> really wanted that to happen. And, and now, um, you know, the line – at least the early line does not indicate that there's an overreaction to that which is a shame so um all right so that is our uh first through fourth down opening drive you're listening to fantasy sports today here on fntsy coming up next we'll start diving into some of the game recaps what went well what went poor and um and talk more about some of the issues that may be facing your fantasy teams you're listening to joe pisapia and craig mish this is fantasy sports today and we'll be back in just a minute don't go away
8: Let DailyRoto.com guide you to victory as you swing for the fences playing daily fantasy baseball. Become the eighth DailyRoto lineup optimizer to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament or become part of the growing community who have won thousands of dollars. If you're playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount. The 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code FNTSY and get your 10% discount today.
7: Lose weight now. Go to Fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at Fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to Fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to Fat100.com for free information on how you can lose weight, go to Fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's Fat100.com.
0: Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia.
2: If you hear us talk nearly every day about the DailyRoto.com lineup optimizer and what a wonderful money-making tool it is, you hear Drew Dinkmeyer regularly on this network explaining how to use it, more specifically how he uses it. While well, the majority of NFL Week 1 games were played yesterday and Drew Dinkmeyer and the DailyRoto.com lineup optimizer once again took down a DFS tournament, this time hundred grand over at FanDuel. You can become the eighth person to win a million dollars in the FanDuel or DraftKings tournament setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com, DFS lineup optimizer, or join the countless number of people who have won thousands of dollars playing DFS using DailyRoto.com. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL annual pass with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. It's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. And DailyRoto.com is, of course, where millionaires are made. Welcome back. Craig Mish, Joe Pizzoppia. On fantasy sports today, I certainly could have used that yesterday. My one uh, DFS league made the mistake of believing what everybody else said and using Winston. Why did I do that? Go against oh, everything I had. I know, all the Lamar
3: Jackson, day. Mark Ingram pairings. It was it was a pretty good day. Yeah. Well, you never lose. <laughs> you never lose anything. Josh. Oh, That's I lose. I just uh, I started before he does. How I lost today? It was the first thing I you said. Win, you you win, said. You win. You win. You win. You win.
2: You win. I got it. No,
3: okay. I am not that guy. Well, I'm, I'm talking about losing. I, in fact, I'll tell you right now. I lost probably seventy percent of my week one matchups. I'll tell you right now, I don't well, care. I am not that guy. Well, All right, when I'm uh, right, I'm right. <laughs> the, the
2: Falcons yesterday were uh, were really outclassed. I was I was surprised there. I thought that that would be a more competitive game, but they went up twenty eight to nothing and never looked back. I mean, this game was over before it started. Wish I would have known that Um, Dalvin Cook. Yeah, he came through and, and, you know, Kirk Cousins didn't really need to throw the ball. So, of course, that was a disappointment, but not worried at all. When you go up 28, nothing, there's really nothing to do. And I will say this, though, even though the game got out of hand for Atlanta, Joe, Matt Ryan had a serviceable game. Julio Jones, a serviceable game. Ridley, they kind of all salvaged the day. I guess the one uh, player who didn't do well was was Devonta Freeman. And, and you know, certainly one game again for him. I'm sure he'll have his over the course of the season, but uh, he was a bust at least for one week yesterday. What was your takeaway there from the Vikings and Falcons?
3: Well, all those Dalvin Cook truthers were out in force yesterday. That's for sure. And look, I, I've always been one of them. It's just uh, the investment of can he actually be on the field and return That early pick and having been burned by him a couple years in a row, this is one year where I don't think I own any shares. I wish I did, especially of this first one, but it just didn't work out that way where I was and the strategy that I had. But the Falcons are not a good defense. They are one of my favorite defenses to go against. Um, Unfortunately, because they jumped ugly, I think game script got away from Freeman a little bit, but you're right. Freeman will have his games. I'm not ready to punt there yet. I'm not going to overreact to that. Uh, but look, there's certainly, I mean, even Alexander Matson looked good in this game too, in the carries he had. He looked strong also, so I think this is good that the Vikings are finding balance. I think you still saw Thielen be Thielen catching a touchdown. That's what you want out of Thielen, and uh, overall, the Falcons still have a lot of work to do. It's, it's great that they had a lot of confidence. It's great that Julio got paid. Yay, terrific, but uh, hopefully next week, uh, this is Sunday night game against the Eagles there, that they get a little bit right because, if anything, they showed that the Eagles the Eagles certainly showed that you could throw a ball on them. So I think Matt Ryan, everybody needs to kind of wake up again, get home and get right, and I think they will next week. But, yeah, let me tell you, Dalvin Cook was a stud.
2: Yeah, great game yesterday for him, no question. Thielen with the touchdown, and maybe the uh, – I mean, even though it was a dud completely for Stephon Diggs, for those people who started him – He came out of the game, and it looked like he'll be fine even going into next week. It looked like maybe he was being used as more of a decoy yesterday. But good news for him, even if you were able to sustain a one-week dud from Stephon Diggs. Uh, Bills, Jets, um, this was a huge, huge, huge crusher for Jets fans. I mean, up 16 to nothing in this game, playing phenomenal defense. I mean, it looked like this was the Jets game to win. We saw a couple of teams this happened to in the NFL. We mentioned earlier in the show, the Lions, it looked like they had that game won. And the Jets looked like they had that game won as well. Bad game overall, I would say. Uh, The big surprise was James Crowder. Wow. 14 catches for 99 yards. What a monster he was in PPR leagues. Levy on Bell was solid. I mean, that's you know. I mean, listen, you're, you're kind of delivering that those stats over the course of the year, and you you stay healthy, you're getting a thousand yards, ten touchdowns. That's exactly what you're looking for. Uh, but they did. They just they just totally just crapped themselves and gave it away for Buffalo. John Brown, seven catches, one twenty three for a touchdown, and uh, unfortunately Gore is you know he's they're still going to use Gore. So eleven carries, twenty yards, and Singletary looked better than him but he only got five carries in the game for 70 yards, so he's going to be really
3: you hard know. to start for the time being. Well, let me tell you, those five carries looked awesome. I mean, they, you know, I, I actually watched the majority of that football game because I'm stuck here in the New York area, and um, Singletary looked terrific. And the other takeaway, too, I think, is the Buffalo defense is for real. I've been trying to get everybody to understand just how good they are. On the Line Star, uh wagering show that I host with Mike Randall from the Action Network on Friday, we had – the upset special clip that we always do. And we had two things. We had the bills upsetting the jets at home and we had the Colts covering. So those were the two picks that we had. And both of them came to fruition. So again, never wrong as you said, Mish, but this one you could see coming because the Buffalo bills defensively were going to, I think, give a ton of problems to the jets. They were going to let Le'Veon do Le'Veon things, But as long as they were able to contain what Sam Darnold was possibly doing, this was going to be a game they were in. Now, in the first half of this game, it was all like the defenses. That's it. The offenses neither showed up. And then eventually Josh Allen kind of got into a groove towards the end of the fourth quarter there. And you could smell it. You could also smell that same old Jets at the end of this game, that thing where things are starting to get tight and that whole constant thing of, oh, it's not going to go our way because we're the Jets. And you could watch it almost you could sense it in the building. It's starting to crumble around, and then it did. And to me, the big takeaway is Singletary. He looked fantastic. I don't care how many carries he had. Five for 70, it's a pretty darn good ratio, not to mention the fact that the runs themselves were outstanding. So always try to watch the game film. Always try to go back and watch the highlights because it's not just about the numbers. It's about what those numbers look like on the field. And Singletary, to me, was a huge positive. So that's going to continue to trend in the right direction. Yeah, but you still can't start him,
2: though. I mean, you can't you can't start him and you can't flex him out until he. I don't know. Fourteen volume. team
3: leagues. I think you absolutely can.
2: Yeah, I mean, you, a guy gets five. If he gets six carries
3: next week, what are the odds that he's he's busting off fifteen yards a carry again? Well, I, I think he showed that he's ready for more. I think. I think everybody's been babying the rookie running backs for the first couple of weeks, as that is one not normal thing coaches do. But I think the training wheels are going to come off sooner than later.
2: Well, hopefully so, because he's clearly the better back, clearly the younger back, clearly the more talented back. But everywhere Frank Gore goes, he steals carries. So hopefully, hopefully in two weeks you can hopefully after next week, hey, look, Giants and and Bengals next
3: two weeks for the Bills. (laughs) That's a pretty good situation.
2: Yeah, but you'd be nuts to start him. You can't anybody who's getting five carries in a game. I mean, I, I mean, honestly, even with David Montgomery, I'm nervous to start him this week after what I saw last week. Uh, Okay, Eagles and Redskins, 32-27 the final there. Kind of a wild game. It looked like the Redskins had uh, every chance to win and then no chance to cover, and then they came back. So, I mean, deservedly so. Redskins did play very well in this game, better than most people thought. And Keenum was the star on that field yesterday, 380 yards. And look, Case Keenum, once every three or four games, is going to do this. It's just he's never been able to do it consistently over the course of his career. Um. Wow, McLaurin was unstoppable yesterday. Five catches, 125 yards, and, and this guy probably becomes one of the top guys to add on the waiver wire this week in most leagues. Trey Quinn uh, was very good. He caught a touchdown pass and some nice little PPR. Vernon Davis had a touchdown as well. Some fantasy, all things trending up for them. Deshaun Jackson was also somebody who I never saw coming out of anywhere. Eight catches, 154 yards, and two touchdowns. For him, Miles Sanders was a dud. At the very least, he did have a, a, a touchdown back that I saw, so I felt a little better about that. But not only Jordan Howard getting involved in the game script, but Darren Sproles getting involved in the game script. So I would have to say that for me, uh, Sanders is trending down a little bit.
3: Yeah, and now you want to see, is this Deshaun Jackson, too, that's going to be this guy that has this good game, and now we don't see him for a couple weeks? Or is he going to be a real integral part of this attack for the Eagles? We shall see, because it seemed like a a really good report early on. I'll tell you what, I was 100% wrong about this one. I did not see the Redskins coming. I did not see the Redskins up 20 nothing at the half. I believe it was unbelievable. And let's see, too, is, is McLaren a guy that, is going to have this one good game in week one, and then people are going to spend a ton of fab, but he never does anything the rest of the year. Now, look, there's a need for other wide receivers there, so that's a positive. Uh, Case Keenum certainly showed that he's still a capable quarterback, just like he showed in Minnesota a couple years ago. I mean, they played pretty well when they rallied around Case Keenum for that time. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't. This is one of those week one things I don't want to buy into the Redskins at all. I, I think this is, might be the one-off. So, if there's overreactions and people are overreacting to the Redskins, I'm not going to. The Eagles this is another team that I think it's good they got punched in the mouth because they have a lot of expectations, a lot of eyes on them. And certainly, the first half of this game, especially defensively, this is not good. I mean, you are a much better personnel than this, especially theoretically on paper. You should be handling the Redskins offense, and they did not. Case Keenum is lighting you up. That's not a good sign at all. There were a ton of guys open. I mean, open by a lot, a lot of miscoverages. So you got to hope they get better because it's not going to get easier next week when they go to Atlanta and have to guard Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. I mean, if you think McLaren gave him problems, what's Julio going to do? Yeah, Peterson, by
2: the way, Adrian Peterson, inactive, so pretty much almost cuttable in, in shallow leagues at this point. I mean, who knows? Could be the end of the line for him, and Geist did not look good at all. They still were able to throw the ball like crazy. So good job by the Redskins staying in this game. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back next, we'll dive into some of the early games that we didn't hit on in this segment. Also, trust or bust coming your way soon. Fantasy Sports Today rolls on after this.
1: Proudly made in America
8: dance! Get Zeke got what he wants, and I think Lev Bell is a little bit upset right now because of look at what he got after that big old year-long holding out. And you tell me Zeke Elliott got to skip all of training camp, can ride on in on his white horse, and now be the most highly paid person at the position? Looks good to Zeke. And uh, unfortunately,
0: great for the market for running
8: backs. Saquon Barkley I- is licking his chops at this. Weekday
0: 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on Sumo TV, channel 719. FANTASY SPORTS TODAY WITH CRAIG MISH AND JOE PIZZAPIA
2: Welcome back, this is FANTASY SPORTS TODAY CRAIG MISH, JOE PIZZAPIA Monday Night Football coming up We're going to have a preview of those two games coming up real soon but as we continue to dive into our recaps as to what happened on Sunday, at least this game was over pretty quickly And by, I think it was halftime, I was no longer watching this game anymore. Uh, Lamar Jackson, of course, went nuts for the Baltimore Ravens. Ingram was fantastic. They had the ball near the goal line or in the red zone a million times. And I don't know that there's anything really left to say. I mean, the one other takeaway that I would say from this is uh, Mark Andrews' owners also have to feel pretty good about him. I have him in two leagues. I only started him in one. But when any kind of tight end, even off the bench, has a monster game like that, even though I didn't get any points from him, I'm still feeling good about that one. So that's a name to circle for me, because if there's a lot of targets coming his way also, then certainly that would be a great thing. But I I just can't see this continuing for Baltimore. I think they go from 59 to 29 or even 19 points next week. But, Joe, it is just fade city for Miami at this point. Last week on Friday... Uh, I was on uh, on Sean's show, and we were taking a look at the early lines for next week. FanDuel put them out at New England minus nine and a half. Now that line is 16. Seven-point difference, Joe, after watching the Dolphins on Sunday.
3: Yeah, you should have locked in that nine. <laughs> you know what? I, as crazy as it sounds, I think the 16 sounds pretty safe, too. I mean, <laughs> I mean I've,
2: I've I've never made a bet ever laying more than two touchdowns on the roads, but I don't know. I mean, I, it, look, the Dolphins oh. look awful, but I don't know. I mean, <laughs> They do. They beat, and, they
3: beat New England at home before, I guess. I, mean, I don't know. Well, that, that was the thing. You you mentioned it last week, and you, you were 100% right when you said, historically, the Pats, when they go to Miami, I am I am holding my breath, always, because it's for some reason. And Brady, you, know, you go back and you look. Even the game against Jacksonville last year, Brady doesn't play well in the heat. There are stats that prove that. I don't want to say he's like a 500 quarterback or even a sub-500 quarterback when the weather is like over 90 degrees. It's just not his bag. So check the weather. But other than that, man, I don't know if it's matters. Like at this point, they are, they are such a bad football team, as you said, that 16 sounds, <laughs> I don't want to say reasonable, but certainly within the sphere to be done. I, I have one question for you, Craig, when you take away this game too. There's going to be a lot of people throwing a lot of fab on Mr. Hollywood Brown. I know it was a great performance there. I know he was wide open. Do you think that Brown is something that is at all sustainable? I know Andrew certainly looks good. I think that's a little easier to believe. But do you think Brown is a mirage or you think there's some real opportunity here as a flex or wide receiver three to really, uh, you know, for a lot of casual leagues that didn't draft him?
2: I think, though, look, the Tyreek Hill owners all have to try and add the best wide receiver. They uh, can. That's a really good point, but he's a good fill for that. I don't I don't think that that will happen on a week to week basis. Um, I mean, Lamar Jackson could definitely sling it. I mean, we saw that, too but again i'm i'm gonna I'm not gonna predict a crash and burn for Baltimore. I just think that they come way, way back down to Earth after this, and uh you know, I kind of put Brown in that same category as Tennessee's Brown. like I think that's kind of the same thing. It's like a one game blow up, and then you see just average games the rest of the season. but we'll we'll have to see if if Baltimore continues it. My guess is is that Hollywood Brown is a top three guy on the waiver wire to add. I think you have to try. But for me, where I'm going to use the fab is when the running back gets hurt on some team and, and there's just a guy out there that nobody has right now because there, there's going to be somebody that's going to win a league that no one's even mentioned the guy's name. And it's, it happens every year. And I'll wait for that. So uh, but again, it depends on your league. If I have to, if you have Tyreek Hill, you can't wait. <laughs> you you can't wait four weeks for this guy to come back and just assume Oh, I'm going to just hold my fab, but you can't do that. I, I think you got to uh, jump on that. Uh, Rams, Panthers. Rams a win by a final of thirty to twenty-seven. It was this game was probably not as close as the final score indicated because the Rams did play very well. Uh, their defense looked spotty. They allowed Carolina to come back late. Uh, Jared Goff was just okay. Uh, Gurley he looked good, but definitely splitting carries at this point with Malcolm Brown, so that's a concern as he scored near the goal line twice. Uh, Woods looked good, but uh, Cup and Cooks were also quiet. And then as far as Carolina was concerned, it was all Christian McCaffrey, who we, led, who we alluded to earlier. DJ Moore was also OK in a flex if you had to end up using him. What was your takeaway from that?
3: Well, I think the takeaway is if Todd Gurley has one of those two touchdowns of Malcolm Brown, we're really talking about Todd Gurley. And Todd Gurley looked rusty. I think it's funny because early in the broadcast, you heard them talking about, well, maybe he doesn't have the same burst or all this stuff. And then the fourth quarter came when he was a little warmed up. And the fourth quarter, he looked like Todd Gurley to me. I mean, he was breaking tackles, doing what Todd Gurley does. So maybe just maybe this is the plan. Maybe it's also one of these things where they even in the beginning of the game, they're easy, easy. And then when they have to let go of the reins, they can and let Todd Gurley be a difference maker. Because in this game, when Carolina started to come back, they put up 14 in the fourth quarter. It was Todd Gurley who was running the football with authority and averaging 6.9 yards per carry yesterday in my book, that's pretty good. And I think he was a little rusty. He hasn't played much in the, he didn't play at all. Obviously it was a long off season. He didn't play at all in the preseason. So why the heck wouldn't we think he's going to be a little rusty by the time the fourth quarter rolled around, Gurley looked really good. So I would not panic. I would just uh, hang tight and touchdowns will come. And yeah, Malcolm Brown's still going to have some moments there, but to me, I think you, you split those touchdowns and it's a very different narrative going into next week. So Todd Gurley owners, just take a sit back and relax. Everything will be fine.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried that he's going to be splitting more. And Brown look really good, too. And if they use Brown as the goal line guy, I I, I mean, I, I in one of the leagues I have him in, I I should have probably thought to take Brown also. And I did not. And that's one of my bigger regrets. And in in after watching that game yesterday, because, again, he really didn't do anything until the second half of that game. So, look, maybe you're right. Maybe it is only one game. But if the script is to only get him 16 touches or 15 touches a game, that's that's not first round. Uh, but, again, he didn't take him in the first round this year. So, no, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. I am worried, though. I, I have to say I am worried that he's not going to deliver the
3: value. 14.97 and a touchdown from a running back he got in the second or third round. I think that's pretty good. That's what you want, isn't it? It is Freeman. It is, but it's I I, than, I don't you know, I don't know that. Oh well, come on, Devontae Freeman. Well, I'm uh, just but, saying I'm a, like, better than Aaron Jones. You know, better than a lot of other guys so far, week one. So let's not yeah, over like you say I, overreact. I, I'm not overreacting. I'm
2: just I'm I would have to say I'm My I would <laughs> say on a scale of one to ten, it'd be a five. You know, I am. It, it would have been a zero if Malcolm Brown didn't play, <laughs> but they
0: played him <laughs> a lot
2: and they played him near the goal line. And if Gurley and if look, put it this way, if Gurley is the goal line guy, I could care less how many. <laughs> touches <it laughs> out, yeah. the Rams are going to be near the goal line a lot, you know, with just as pass interference is near the goal line. But if he is coming out on the goal line for Malcolm Brown, that to me is doomsday for for Gurley, and I don't think that he gives the value that that you would have thought. But look, it is one week. I'm not going to overreact to that for sure. Uh, Chiefs 40, Jaguars 27. Kansas City lost Tyreek Hill early. Mahomes came out at one point. The MVP, as far as I am concerned, of this game. Joe was Harrison Butker, their kicker. What a game. Four field goals for him, for people who use still the kicker in fantasy. I don't know why you do, but if you do, that guy was the MVP of your team yesterday. Then that's the luck factor right there. Uh, McCoy looked better than Damien Williams. Darwin Thompson is a zero, and that's just going to destroy anybody with, like me who had Darwin Thompson. I think McCoy is going to play a lot. Uh, Watkins was fantasy's best wide receiver, and obviously, this, this guy gets a huge bump with Tyreek Hill not playing. And for Jacksonville, Gardner Minshew was okay. Uh, DJ Char Chris Conley I guess there'll be waiver wire ads this week I don't know that I have a huge investment in either of those guys I suppose if I didn't have to give up a lot of uh, fab I would probably add Chark
3: but uh, that's kind of the way that my takeaway was from that game yesterday how about you yeah look I think the takeaway on that Jacksonville side is everybody who was on DD Westbrook yesterday once Foles went down that see that was his guy so all of a sudden now DJ shark became the guy. And that's because obviously Minshew had a, a good rapport with him and a good feel of the timing for those things. And he's able to obviously also, you know, make some separations. So I think that is a guy, if Foles is going to be out for a while that you do want to throw some fab on Conley, maybe, you know, in the deeper leagues. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm fine with that as well. You got, sometimes a lot of injuries have happened already. So sometimes you got to get on board, Sammy Watkins is a great discussion point because Sammy Watkins looked healthy. He also looked like no one was anywhere near him uh for what I don't know 15 yards most of the time. He was that open, so he better catch the football, not like Dante Moncrief in the night game who he could have had a you know a basically a field to himself and still couldn't catch a football. but Sammy Watkins looked healthy. Sammy Watkins certainly was the man and entire his absence he was able to pick up the slack nine for 198 and three touchdowns was a monstrous game. So let's see if it continues. Let's see if Sammy Watkins can stay on the health on the healthy trend and be that guy the rest of the year. He's going to have to step up now for the next couple of weeks, however long it takes Hill to uh, come back. And in terms of the running back situation, look, you're right. Lashawn McCoy did look like the better guy. Uh, Damian Williams got the touchdown. It's going to be a frustrating kind of situation there for those two. But overall. Certainly, the Chiefs, the big takeaway is the same thing I've been saying. The Chiefs' offense is probably going to put up 40 a game, and they're probably going to give up 35. So just keep that in mind as the season goes on.
2: Yeah, Watkins was no doubt was uh, was some is somebody that I have nowhere that I would love to have everywhere right now. If you have him in fantasy, you should feel very fortunate because yeah, everything uh, broke away Literally, he is. And he is going to be the main wide receiver target, I would think, right outside of Kelsey. So that's that's a guy to own. And it's just by luck with having uh, with Hill out. And that's the way fantasy is some skill, a lot of luck uh Seahawks Bengals will end uh, this segment with this one this is suicide pool people were on suicide watch for a lot of this game this was the most popular pick for sure uh Seattle almost blew it I don't know what happened here they kind of sleptwalked through this one no one was really special I've been so big on Chris Carson he looked okay he was very lucky that they had the ball in the red zone a couple of times and I think he'll be good and it's just the volume with him is going to be impossible to ignore. So that's why he'll probably end up grading out as a top five back at the end of the season, just on on volume alone. Uh, Lockett did nothing. He just came through late with one touchdown. It's It's so crazy that what we talked about last week with Lockett uh, basically everyone's saying that he can't do what he did last year because he t- he made the most of basically everything that was caught to him. Well, that was a perfect example. <laughs> he only called yeah, one ball and it was a ball long for touchdown. A touchdown. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, yeah, I'm not really sure what happened. I, I think this is just probably a snoozer game and they bounce back Seattle and play a lot better the rest of the season. Of course, Dalton to John Ross was the story here. When A.J. Green comes back, it's probably over for Ross but that's uh, those were kind of my takeaways from that. I think Ross is a decent waiver wire ad, but be very careful because I don't think that this is going to be a long term thing. But Seattle, do you think gets better from this? It was it was just a little bit of a
3: dud for me. Yeah, it was a little bit of a dud, but a, a team that I think has some issues. And I think you saw it. You know, you know, this is one of the reasons why I don't own a Tyler Lock is because, yeah, I know he's real efficient with the catches he got. But 59 catches last year. I mean you're just asking everything to be perfect all the time and I know it was again on the one catch like you said 44 yards touchdown strike it's great but man I'm concerned about this wide receiver core to me the landing spot for Antonio Brown was going to be Seattle or the the Patriots I thought those were the two coaches that could handle him and figure out a way and, and complete different ends of the spectrum type of coaches but both would somehow find a way to work their voodoo on AB and get the most out of him but I'm concerned about the Seattle offense. I'm concerned about the Seattle defense just a bit as well. Ross was a revelation in this game and I I'm of the mind that AJ Green's going to miss more time than people realize. So if you need a wide receiver like you said to fill in for Tyreek Hill for the next couple of weeks, Ross is certainly a good consolation if you miss the bidding war for Brown.
2: Yeah, I'm not in at all on Ross. I, I mean, I've seen this show with him for many, many years, and he's just boomer bust type guy. I would be out. I think the Bengals completely fall apart now from here on out. I'm not a big Bengals fan. I was disappointed that Mixon didn't do anything yesterday. It didn't look very good. Um, in terms of Lockett, he reminds me of a young Deshaun Jackson. Like, he, he's going to end up with games where he has three catches for 80 probably. yards and two touchdowns, and he's also going to end up with games two catches for 17 yards and nothing. And if you can... Have Lockett as your wide receiver three. You're loving it, but that's not where he was drafted. Most people have him as their wide receiver two. So we'll have to kind of see here. But uh, I'm not totally uh, you know, going to overreact to one game for sure. But what we will do is react to the Monday night football games. That's coming up in hour number two. We'll take a quick time out. We'll recap some of the things that we discussed in hour number one. Then we hit hour number two of fantasy sports today coming up in just a few minutes. And then, of course, Adam Ronis and Dr. Roto take over at 2 o'clock Eastern as they have their show, Full Time Fantasy. Stay tuned. Plenty more FST coming up. Joe and Craig, we dive back into some of the games we missed. A little Truster Boston, some Monday Night Football as well. Fantasy Sports Today continues after this.
6: I continue to take Andro 400, and I've maintained my weight at 172. Gained muscle and energy. I'm 63 now and feel better than I have in 30 years. Andro 400, the natural way to increase testosterone, lose belly fat, gain energy, and feel great. Try Andro 400, the safe, effective, affordable way to boost your testosterone. Go to andro400.com or call 888-400-0435. 888-400-0435. resort release today and learn for free how their timeshare exit team can help you legally exit your timeshare contract they've helped thousands of people and they're a plus rated with a bbb so if you feel scammed get mad and get out of your expensive timeshare contract right now guaranteed call
7: n-o-w 800-804-7060 800-804-7060 800-804-7060. That's 800-804-7060. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed
5: on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates?
6: 800 961 3631, 800 961 3631, 800 961 3631,
0: 800 961 3631. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizapia.
2: Welcome back to
3: fantasy sports today. As we wrap up the first hour of the show, here's what you missed. I don't know if it matters. Like at this point, they are, they are such a bad football team. As you said, that 16 sounds, (laughs) I don't want to say reasonable, but certainly within the sphere to be done. I I have one question for you, Craig, when you take away this game too, there's going to be a lot of people throwing a lot of fab on Mr. Hollywood Brown. I know it was a great performance there. I know he was wide open. Do you think that Brown is something that is at all sustainable? I know Andrew certainly looks good. I think that's a little easier to believe. But do you think Brown is a mirage? Or do you think there's some real opportunity here as a flex or wide receiver three to really, uh, you know, for a lot of casual leagues that didn't draft him? I think, they'll
2: look, the Tyreek Hill owners all have to try and add the best wide receiver. They uh, can. That's
3: a really good point. But he's a good fill for
2: that. I don't I don't think that. That will happen on a week to week basis. Um, I mean, Lamar Jackson could definitely sling it. I mean, we saw that too. But again, I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna predict a crash and burn for Baltimore. I just think that they come way way back down to earth after this. And uh, you know, I kind of put Brown in that same category as Tennessee's Brown. Like, I think that's kind of the same thing. It's like a one game blow up, and then you see just average games the rest of the season. But we'll we'll have to see if if Baltimore continues it. My guess is is that. Hollywood Brown is a top three guy on the waiver wire to add I think you have to try but for me where I'm going to use the fab is when the running back gets hurt on some team and and there's just a guy out there that nobody has
5: right now